This is where real and virtual motorsport meet. From the ITA studio, to the paddock, to the sim rig. Pull up a chair, pour a drink. This is the Into the Apex podcast. Into the Apex podcast. This is a special edition of Into the Apex podcast. We are just back from Virginia International Raceway uh, for the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge and some other various series. Uh, but it's just Bradley here, um, and I'm joined by Lee Hollenbacher from Smoking underscore Bears underscore. Did I get that correct? Yep. Um, on YouTube and on Instagram. Um, so welcome. And TikTok. And TikTok. Yeah, we're slowly, I forget about. Slowly doing TikTok. I forget about TikTok. <laughs> Um, so welcome to Into the Apex. Um, Glad to be here. You've been following us a little bit here over the months. Um, we've sent you some some stuff, and yep. it's made its way into your videos and your lives on uh, Sunday morning. Uh, so first of all, we appreciate the support, and we're glad to give a little bit of it back. Um, but you had your first racing experience yesterday, uh, first road course race experience. Um, but first of all, uh, just you can tell us a little bit about what you do on YouTube and the stream, and then we'll kind of go into the racing experience and stuff. So with YouTube, uh, we do a lot of cooking. Uh, started out barbecuing, and through some other health issues, we got into cast iron really big, cast iron cooking. And uh, about a year and a half ago, we started doing a live show with uh, on Sunday mornings with the Cubs called Cooking with the Cubs. And me and the girls, you know, cook, cook breakfast and just chat about anything and everything that you would talk about around the kitchen table. And, and that's pretty much it. it. We go off track and we go sideways, but. There's no rules. There, the only rule is we got to keep it PG, 13-ish. <laughs> See, that's, we don't have that rolling into the apex. Yeah, we got to watch it because my aunts, you know, they'll watch and then they're like, They'll call me and they'll be like, hey, Grandma heard that. And I'll be like, man, come on. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So it's nothing that I wouldn't say to my grandma when it's just me and her. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I don't know that that's good or bad. <laughs> um, so we've, we've been watching some of your stuff. Um, and we watch on Sunday mornings as much as we can. Um, and I know you've been listening to some of the podcast. Yep. And I wouldn't... Sometimes we delve off of racing, but I know – so you, you've not been a, been a racing fan in the past. Is that fair to say? That's true. Um, I, I don't follow – I tried getting into NASCAR, but it's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. And it – see, I grew up a NASCAR fan. Myself and Tyler grew up NASCAR fans and grew out of love with it and got back into racing through through the sim, which is actually behind me. Um, we got into sim racing in 2004, 2005, and then – didn't do it for I'd say almost seven years, and got back into it heavy during the pandemic, and we've that's how this all started. Um, but you had your first experience on the sim last night on the rig. Oh man! Um, I was watching behind you. I think I've let a lot of people try this out um, who've never done it before, uh, gone in cold. 
I think you were the first one that stayed on it for more than three minutes. And the first one that actually I could see was understanding how to do it. So I remember having Need for Speed for one of the gaming platforms. And we had the steering wheel and stuff like that. And it was kind of like that, but not really. Because with the virtual stuff, it was like you were really there. And not going to lie, I got a little motion sickness. Yeah, that'll happen. But the, the thing was, is I'm sitting in his rig, and I'm driving, and I got the headset on. And I'm driving, and I'm on a track. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> and I look over, and where the passenger seat's supposed to be, it's really just a nitrous tank. And I'm like, um, yep, that's not a trash can. Keep moving. <laughs> in reality, it's just the floor. Yeah, and, but- and what he was seeing was me looking over at the floor. So... But that was that was my first time in a virtual thing, and uh, yeah, that was that motion sickness was real. Yeah, the first uh, when I first tried it, um, it wasn't on the same headset. The, the resolution wasn't as good, but it there's a feeling when you first launch the car off, it's like a, a lurch in the bottom of your stomach, and you feel your brain is telling you, "I should be moving right now." Yeah, I'm moving right now, but you're not. So it's there, there's a disconnect between what you're feeling, like what your brain tells you should be happening and what you're feeling. It, when I was going around through the curves, I'd slam on the brakes and downshifting, and then I'd make the turn and then floor it, and that's when my stomach would be left behind. Yep. When you, If you would slam into the wall at full speed, and it's that sudden stop after your brain tells you you're in motion, there's yeah. just... I, had, I woke up with a stiff neck the next day <laughs> <laughs> from a virtual crash. <laughs> That they need to add that in. We need to add in uh, impact simulation because yeah. <laughs> um, there is uh, there's vibration motors you can buy for these, and you can feel like the seat of your pants feel. Um, and there's air machines you can put run tubes up, and the fan will simulate how fast you're going and blow the air on you based on that. Oh, and then there's some as advanced where you can set up these elaborate lights above it, and this is without the headset. Um, and if you're racing at night and there's lights, it'll simulate, like if you're driving at night and the lights are moving through your cockpit of your car, it'll simulate that too. Wow. Um, so there's levels, and it takes a lot of money, uh, but it is out there. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube um, that's next-level stuff. But this is a modest rig, um, and the headset is what makes it. You don't have to, If you have a headset, you don't have to worry about everything else necessarily. Right. Um, but uh, is it something you could see yourself doing – more slowly. frequently, slowly, yes. yeah. Build up it a tolerance. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it, you're sitting in this car, and you know, but really, you're in a seat, and you're sitting in this thing, and you're like, like you're driving that, like a, a actual car. And uh, I could see getting into it. I don't know how hard because I'm not much of a you know, gamer. Right. It's just not to say it like that, but <laughs> to say it like because the first thing I I I told you. I think yesterday we were talking about it, and one of the things that ra- like sim racers don't say is the G word. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say the G word. We're not gamers. We're simmers. I mean, we are. We are. Deep down, we know we are, but it's just yeah. we're the jocks of pretend world. That's that's Rob from the podcast's line, which I think we're going to try to commemorate on a T-shirt at some point. Yep. But uh, it's you get your adrenaline going. If you're in, it definitely does. Yeah. And Mama got in it, and Mama had a good time. 
I mean, didn't make her scared. No, no. Of course, the the couple old fashions that you fixed her helped. Yeah, that would help. That would help. Her down, and she was like, "Man, if I hit the wall, I hit the wall. Just reset it." Yeah, and you can you can. And the good thing with this is you can drive after a couple old fashions. (laughs) Nobody's gonna stop you. That is true. Uh, It's something we could we could probably ease into. Yeah. And there's there's different ways, different levels to do it. It doesn't all have to be. Um, if you haven't tried it with a screen, it's worth trying with a monitor. Um, some mo- the most popular setup is a triple monitor setup uh, that gives you more immersion. Um, and you saw some probably yesterday that had just a single widescreen yep. um, that they had at the track. Um, I've done that. I started out with just a single monitor, which I have here, and it's once you go from that to the headset. For most people, they can't go back, yeah, and you can imagine why. You you saw why. Yeah, the headset made a, a thousand times different. Yeah, I mean the experience was completely different. Yeah, there's no the outside world is shut off. I was people out that were around were trying to say something to you. He can't hear you. He yeah, can't hear you. At first, you had the audio off. Yeah, I didn't so realize. When I'm when I'm first driving, I'm talking to him. I'm like, yeah, this is okay, okay, okay. And then he flipped the audio on, and I could hear the engine revving up, and so I knew when to shift yeah. and downshift and stuff like that. And I did a whole lot better then. Yeah, and the the immersion factor gets notched up a little bit. Yeah, that's when the motion sickness start coming in. <laughs> yeah, because it, and it's that's interesting actually because it's just that extra input, sensory input, that tells your mind this is real. This should be real right now. Yeah, I'm in a race car. It, the only thing it was missing was a bird pooping on the window. I think that would have been. <laughs> it's funny you say that because uh, one of the drivers that we've interviewed in the past, uh, Derek DeBoer, DeBoer um, and TRG, they were in uh, Wisconsin racing last week or week before, and he was going probably 130-plus down the straightaway, and a duck hit his windshield oh. and smashed it open, which I think if, you, if they crack a windshield, the car has to be retired. So he had to be retired, and the reason was he hit a duck. Jeez. On the track, I couldn't even imagine that. You got a good video of it. It's a good story, but it's also as much money as they put into the car to race. I can imagine a duck yeah, being the reason. Running 130. Yeah, yeah, that's that's scary. Yeah. Like, well, you stop to think about it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, after this, I'll show it to you. It's he was. I mean, he's all buckled in the car, but you can see him kind of jump when it's coming at him because it could have gone through the windshield. Thankfully, those windshields are tough, but it. Busted it open, but they don't. They do not have ducks quite yet simulated in iRacing. I might have to uh, put that in there as a request. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now we did last year at Virginia at VIR. Uh, we were there for another type of race, and a deer jumped across the track, and the cars had to stop for it. The same cars we saw um, in the same place that we were, a deer got through the fence and ran across the track. Which I could see that because it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's probably the most rural track yep. in at least the eastern United States. Um, so we'll tra- that'll transition us into from sim to real. Um, so like we said, that was this was your first time at that track, first time at a race in general like this. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, what do you think about the track experience? And we'll get into the the tailgate <laughs> after that because that's where I think we're going to spend more time on. Uh, the track experience, I mean, we're walking around and it's, there's a, there was a lot of people and uh, the couple booths we went into where they were selling merchandise and stuff. And of course, I don't know anything. So 
we got a couple stickers, but yep. uh, the when we were walking around and looking at the cars as they're being prepped, the the Mazda RXs, you know, those are like open and they just have the roll cages, and you're like, that's a Mazda I see on the road. Yeah. And but it's heavily modified. And then when we went around the corner and you see the BMWs and the, if I can say that word. Yeah. <laughs> well, we like BMW here. They're friends. So uh, we see the BMWs and you're like, okay, okay. And then you see the, the Lamborghinis. And that's where my inner 12-year-old went, oh, <laughs> look at that. Uh, you know, because I remember growing up dreaming about having a, a Katash. You know, and the Diablos, and, and you're just like, wow. And you're seeing these right there, you know, about 10 feet from us. About got hit by a couple, which was even better. Yeah. Um, Been a good story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, seeing that kind of stuff was just mind-blowing. The the open wheels. Yeah. Uh, you know, those are – that was – they had the, the front clips off, and they were working on the – they had the back clip yes. off, and they were working on the engines and the tires. The whole tire setup with the track, you know, the, the – Michelin. Yep, the Michelin track, and uh, that was that was pretty cool. Uh, a lot of stuff, it, you know, we wouldn't think of that they – you see the car haulers on the road, and, you know, here's these double-deckers. They're loaded with four or five cars plus all their tools. Yeah. And you're like, wow. And they had them opened up so you could see what was going on inside, and that was that was pretty neat. That was uh, That was really neat. Need to see, and that's that's what's unique about. So when you when you tell people, a lot of people, especially in the South, you talk about racing, it goes straight to NASCAR, and that's what I would expect. Yep. Um, IMSA and sports car racing is not as well known. Obviously, it's not. There was a lot of people there, but it wasn't as much as a NASCAR race, and it, it probably never will be. And that's the way we like it, in a way, yep. um, although we like to share it. Um, but there's the openness of the garage, um, which they call the paddock down there. Um, you can walk up and do everything but touch the car. Um, I think they'd probably frown upon touching the car. Yeah, we didn't um, walk underneath the tents. I mean, we just yeah. kind of walked up and it was kind of like looking and stood in line to take pictures. Yeah, and that's still just being around there, the action. There's a You smell everything that down there. Yeah. Um, it's just it's something you don't get in NASCAR without paying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yep. We walked down there by Pitt Row, and, I mean, we're – 10 yards from it because of the fence yeah you're 10 yards from the car yeah you know, that was pretty cool yeah it doesn't it's a it's a unique experience um but the other side of that too is the tailgate yes, which yes yes that's where i come in yeah uh he was really excited the two tailgate because when you guys go right your tailgate is We'll take two uh, fold-out lawn chairs. This is me and Tyler. We'll take two lawn chairs and maybe a small cooler, and we'll set them up on the hill, which at VIR there's a hill um, in the toward, before the S's in the bridge. There's a hill, the best hill for spectating. We'll set our chairs up there, and then we'll probably sit there about 30 minutes, and then we'll walk around. So we would never tailgate. We wouldn't have a base, and we wouldn't – we don't eat well when we go there. <laughs> So I, I have a background in competition barbecue. <clears throat> so tailgating is we set it up kind of like that, where we brought a canopy, 
We brought tables. We brought a, a little uh, charcoal grill and a, a griddle plate to go on top of it. And, you know, we, we made Cubano sliders, you know, something that you don't get at a track. You know, you're not going to go to food trucks. I, I only saw an ice cream truck. And it disappeared after midday. Yeah. Because so we, went, we went looking for it, and it was gone. The hottest part of the day, and it's gone. So we had a cooler full of food. We had a cooler full of uh, cold drinks and uh, you know, some, some non-alcoholics and uh, some alcohol. And uh, you know, we had our chairs set up. We had shade, which was a big thing, and a little speaker for radio. So we had a base camp. Yeah. And you could get out and walk around. We sat right there in front of the track. So when they see them coming around the turns, and then they'd zoom right in front of you, and you could watch them disappear underneath the bridge. And, and that's we had a real good setup. Yeah, and uh, as far as my racing experience, uh, we did a little bit of that in New York, but none of that was our own. Um, so we were kind of jumping in on somebody else's. Um, and we talked a little bit about it then. And as we walked around, you could see the various levels of how people are doing it yep. um, with their setup. And there's some really next-level setups that you'll see, and then there's some very basic Straight from the beach setups a lot of that what we, we saw. saw were the next level. They had a, like a remote campsite. Yeah. So the, they backed the truck up to the line or the roped off area, and then they would unload and set up a tent because they're there for three days. Yeah. So they're camping. And then they would have down in front of them by where we were at was where they had their setup. Yeah. And they just had charcoal grills or, you know, saw some uh, little Weber Q's, uh, little Coleman's, um, kind of going barbecue here. But oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a crossover. It's a crossover. So you, you saw their little setups, and, uh, you know, they were just lighter fluid and burgers and dogs. Yeah. You know, and we're throwing down Cubanos, you know, sliders, you know. Didn't see anything like that. No. But uh, a lot of the tailgating we do, we always try to do something different yeah you know and if i could bring out a drum smoker it wouldn't be the car but if we could <laughs> we would you'd probably have people gathering around that's the thing if there was a possibility of kind of doing a bigger party yeah we would definitely throw down some some pulled pork sliders tacos or something like that yeah. some chickens and there's uh I, and i will say uh vir was is a nice track um i've the camping, the camping setup, the tailgate setup that's available there is not as, not as good, I guess I would say, compared to the biggest ones I've saw were in Atlanta. Um, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, it's a mouthful. Michelin bought the track. Um, the setups for that, which that's a 10-hour race, that's the last race of the season coming up in October 1st, um, some of the camping setups that we saw there um, – I've never seen it a race before. I mean, you're talking a full bar set up outside. Mm -hmm. um, people have, you can tell these people have been going to this race for decades and they've built this setup and they just have it ready to go. Um, some of the campsites look like you could live there full time. Yep. Um, some of the things we saw, generators, solar panels, all that stuff is there. Yep. And it's basically a living room outside is what we saw there. Which we see that at our barbecue comps. Really? Yep. So when normally when we go to the comps, we have about three canopies set up. And, and when we have coolers, you have 
basically everything you would need for an outdoor kitchen set up right there. You've got your your smokers run ready to run for the comp, but then you have a charcoal grill or something off to the side to make lunch, a little camp stove, something to make lunch, and you know you're set up there for two days. So you you're camped in, yeah. basically. You you're camped in, you know, and then we have a cot or we sleep in the truck. We'll throw the, the seat back in the in the the SUV and take a nap there. I mean, it's nothing. It's not unheard of to sleep in your chair. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, and we've talked a lot about that, um, the various ways of settling into the track. Um, yep. Camping there is a big one. Staying the whole weekend is that's the next step. Yep. Um, the the big thing that I can recommend is a portable wagon. Yes. Because when you think about wherever you park, like if you think about. I'm going to the last parking spot at Walmart. And now you got to carry all the stuff, the cooler, the chairs, a canopy, all, you know, everything that you would need all the way up to the back end of the store to walk around the store. That's a long walk. So if you have a wagon, one of them little fold up wagons, we have the bigger one and, uh, it made, the difference cooler on wheels um i had a toolbox that i've converted into like a chuck box it's my barbecue box um that i kept all my cooking stuff in so i and it's on wheels three of us wheeled something and that was it i was gonna say and the we it was a decent little setup that we had and take down put up and take down time was not that minutes. much yeah not that much for for the way it was set up I mean, fully settled in for the day, and then all of that came down very quickly. Yep. The the canopy went up, and because of where we were sitting, they put one side panel up to help block the sun. That took the longest to set up. The side panel. Yep. Putting the side panel on. I mean, the canopy went up really quick, (laughs) but putting that one side panel up probably took them them the longest because the girls don't do it that often. Yeah. Yeah. So we're our next race is in Atlanta. Um somewhat. I know a lot of the some of the other guys are going. Um it's kind of loose right now for myself, but that's the next race. I think the challenge for myself and I'm going to push the challenge to everybody else is we need to try to do this there and see if we can do it because we've never done it. It's it's not that hard. I mean, you saw how yeah. easy it was. I I take notes and I write notes to make sure I have my list of what am I cooking? What do I need to cook that? And then I break it down as far as, you know, spices, uh, any kind of like butter, oil, breads, you know, if you're making sandwiches, whatever, whatever it is, the recipe is going to call for. And then what utensils will I need? Because that's a big thing. You might go with just tongs, and you're like, I need a spatula. You know, or, you know, so you got to make sure you have the right utensils. And I make the list of how I, I would run through the cook in my head. How I, how would I do that? Make sure I have charcoal. Make sure that I have a, a way to light the charcoal. You know, not lighter fluid, but like a little tumbleweed or, and then you got to have a lighter. You know, just a cigarette lighter. Pick them up, you know, twenty nine or whatever. Have a couple of them laying around. 
you know, and just go through the whole list and foil, parchment paper, because you don't know what you're, then what are you serving your sandwich in? You know, I had those little uh, paper boats. Yeah, like uh, like restaurant style. Yeah, like to-go style. Yeah, yep. little paper boats, and those were perfect. And you want to minimize the stuff, the cleanup. Yeah. So you're thinking, I need plastic silverware, I need plastic knife, you know, or if I'm cutting something and I don't have a way to wash it right away, I need to be able to wrap it up, put it in the box, so you don't contaminate the whole box. Yeah. Which we did that. We scraped everything off, rolled it up in foil, put it in a box, got home, washed it. So that, like that part, it's kind of easy, but you got to stop back and you know, step yeah. back and think about it. Because if, if you something that you would think is simple that you forget when you're out there at the anywhere tailgating, but in this case at the track, you can't just go get it. Right. Unless you borrow it from somebody next door. Right. Um, so I'm going to embarrass one of our, our team members right now and tell you this story. Um, we went to the Indy 500 uh, this year, um, and tail, we tailgated. I Quotation marks, people that can't see us on camera, quotation marks, tailgated. Um, we had a good time, um, but Cody Richardson, who is on our team, um, he runs the NASCAR side of our, our team, um, the oval side. Um, he was there with us. We rode with him. Um, and then some other folks that we've raced with went with us. Um, and it was myself and my brother. And our plan was we're going to get there early to the track because there's 300,000 people. Um, and we're going to make breakfast, like kind of like we did this morning. We're going to make some breakfast sandwiches yep. or make some, uh, like a plate of breakfast. Um, so he had eggs, bacon, some sausage, I think, just everything you'd want. Um, and Cody brought, uh, I think he was a hot plate or something that, of that nature. And, uh, but we didn't have anything back up. It was, I guess it was an older plate or something. He had a converter for his car to operate it because he was driving, it's a Mazda 6 or something of that nature. Plug it in. As soon as we plug it in, something blew up. I don't know what happened. The plate is dead. We have a, a cooler full of breakfast food. And we're starving because we got up about 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning to get to the track and still waited in traffic for about an hour to get in. And then we were parked, and we were stuck because there's 300,000 people pouring in right behind us. So we had to rely on the people around us who had next-level setups, yep. who've been doing it for a while. And thank goodness they let us use their little Coleman that they had. But that was a one of those where we were not prepared. We did not bring non-perishable food. We did not bring backup snacks of much of any kind. We had alcohol, and we had that breakfast food that was not cooked. Ooh. And it was almost a disaster because there was nothing else. Yeah, on my list, I write snacks twice. Yes. And I don't, we didn't, because that race started at noon, so we were prepared just to eat breakfast and go in. Yeah. And we were, we were going to be in trouble. So I'm also diabetic, so I have to keep up on eating. So snacks is always an important thing, whether it's a box of granola bars or something like that, just to keep in the in the cooler. Something you gotta have, something to keep you going. And it, when I write my list, I have on my shopping list what I have. I have what's in the pantry that I can take, and then always snacks and snacks. <laughs> you can't have enough snacks. And as we saw yesterday, the the ladies were snacking all day long. You know, we, they were eating grapes. They were eating pretzels. 
You know, they were healthy snacks. Yeah. I didn't actually know we had those in there. Those have been good snacks, good healthy, and they're asking, hydrating snacks. Grapes are hydrating. Somebody to get in the cooler for you, so you didn't see. It. <laughs> um, and that, yeah, that's essential, especially at a lot of these races. Uh, our pastime, myself and Tyler's, is we'll walk around a lot. Um, and yesterday we were we stayed still, and actually I enjoyed that um, because one, you're not as exhausted at the end of the day, and then it's that whole in camp mentality, which I like. And, um, and when it's a hundred degrees out, yeah. You yeah. don't want to be out getting sunburnt and, no. and all that. And it's just nice to be able to sit and just relax. Yeah. That's and when you enjoy the, the little things. Yeah. And we talked yesterday about a little bit about that, about, because I know you, you talked about the barbecue competitions and how it's sometimes it's not even about the thing that you're there doing. We're not, where the race is happening behind us, but we're also just people just hanging out yep. and talking, yep. shooting the shit. Just, just hanging out and, you know, getting to know it. I mean, getting to know you guys and, uh, I mean, you're part of Sid's life. And so we want to get to know you. And this was the best way to do it in your wheelhouse where you're yeah. comfortable. There you go. Doing something that I'm comfortable with. Mama's enjoying it. You know, she's got a cold drink and she's sitting in a chair hanging out with her kids. There you go. You know, so it's, it's a win-win. And, you know, we got to see each other's. You know, in their comfort zone. Yeah. It's a... Uh, Downside is now I think I set the bar a little high for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, now my racing experience has to be at that level, I think. Um, at least an easy up. But I at least need an easy up. Everything else can build. The easy up and a wagon. Yeah. Those two things. And, and stuff to put in the wagon. Yep. Eventually. Yep. And I'm sure once you come by the house, I can, you know, we can walk around the bear cave and... uh <laughs> help you out a little bit there. yeah supplies are needed yeah. <laughs> supplies are needed um and that's uh we talked about that we did a show from uh, Watkins Glen New York where we did we did camp that weekend in a tent um and we had Bruce Perry on which is one of our he, he is the director of our endurance program all of our 24-hour races and all that he organizes um the team around those events and uh he's been going to those races a long time and one thing he mentioned is each time you go to the race or do anything like that, but each time he goes to the race, you look at other people's setups, like, I'm going to get that next year. I'm going to do this next year. Yep. And you just build and build and build. Yep. So this is year one as far as I'm concerned. We, My buddy Rusty and I, uh, when we were doing comps, we would we didn't know what we were doing to begin with. We got into it, and we would see people's setups, and we're like, oh, I need lights. I wouldn't think that, you know, I got a headlamp. That's what I use at the house, right? Well, no, we get these nice lights. They clamp on lights for six bucks. You put a 100-watt bulb in it, boom. Now you're set up. It's a whole, now it's like a kitchen. Yeah. You know, something that, little things. And then you see, oh, you got a Bluetooth speaker, but then it dies after six hours. Do you have a backup speaker? Do you have a charger? How are you going to charge that? Do you need more drop cords? Like, Little stuff, little stuff. You know, there was one guy that was, uh, he was doing French fries. And they were serving the public. So he was frying. He had his uh, potato uh, fry maker mounted on a, a frame, a wood frame. And I was like, well, that's pretty nifty. So he would just stick it in there. <laughs> that's pretty nifty. So I took a picture of that. And I said, if I ever get into French fries, now I know how to make it. 
There you go. You know, portable sink. Instead of having just a sink, <laughs> you know, they put them on a on a frame and mounted it to a two wheel dolly. Hmm. So you run your water hook up to it. Now you got water. You know, you put a plug in it. Now you can wash your dishes. But it's on a two wheel dolly with the heater on the back of it. So now it's all mobile. You know, wow. little stuff like that. You're like, oh, that's that's nice. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, and most of that you can carry into the track. So, I mean, it's yeah, yeah anytime if, you want to do that. If that's, you were doing something like that at the track, you would need a you know an extra yeah. hand. Yeah, maybe but, a bigger vehicle. Yeah, but you're if you're going to be bringing that in, you're going to be there for two days. Yeah, a days. while. Yeah. You're going to camp out. Um, but you don't have water hookups where we were. Those no. Where we were at, yeah. we didn't have water hookups. And there's, uh, again, like I said, VIR, I've just walking around that track. Um, the tent camping there is good. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else I've not, it doesn't look as substantial as the other tracks I've been to. Uh, Watkins Glen, if you ever get a chance to go, uh, Watkins Glen, New York, the most beautiful place to camp. Um, that place is absolutely incredible. Um, I would put that number one on my list. Um, the setups in Atlanta were better, but the scenery and the experience in New York was top notch. Um, surprise there wasn't more trees in the, yes. cause it was just an open field. Yeah, and that's the tent camping is underneath trees uh, for shade, but everything else is that track is wide open. Wide open, and it's just an open grass lot. So, and then they rope off so far back that you can't drive onto, which is close to the hill. Yeah, where we were set up at. So there's, you know, you got to think about the shade, you know. And then if it's going to storm, then you think about, you know, oh wait, I need to put some weights on my canopy, so. It doesn't blow away. Had that happen almost. Yep. Once you, you know, then you're like, okay, well, how do I, you know, then you get into all that and that's a whole nother segment. <laughs> <laughs> Canopy management. Yep. 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 Um, so that's, I think, I think the title of this is going to be uh, a guidebook to tailgating <laughs> at a race, anything, but in this case, we're keeping it race specific. Um, so that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing. the The experience of being at the track is cool. Racing is cool, but the setup makes or breaks your time. Yep. I think. Yep. Um, and we had we had it planned out to where we had the grill. Grill size is important. That's something that that most people don't think. You go buy a forty dollar grill from Walmart, and it's a you know, about yay wide and about you know, What are you cooking on it? The guy in front of us, you know, he did three packets of bratwurst, and that's it, and left the charcoal burning. Mm. And I was like, oh, "Is that a faux pas? Is that something well, you don't do?" There's, there's not a really a right or wrong way, but space wise, yeah. You know, so if I was packing it in my car, and I'm thinking, "Yeah, I need to take a grill," but do I need that big a grill? for what I'm taking. If I'm just doing hot dogs and hamburgers and there's only four of us, I, I bet, you know, I don't need the big, the big 22 inch kettle grill. Maybe he's compensating for something. It could be, could be, <laughs> but it was just one of those where I'll, as a, as a barbecue guy, I'm kicking back and I'm going and I'm watching this guy and you know, he, he throws his charcoal in, douses it in lighter fluid, mm. lights it, and within five minutes, he had his meat on. 
You hadn't even burned your. I'm not a. I don't grill a lot, and I know that's the yeah. mistake. You, you, you let it heat up, that, right? That stuff burnt in your coal lit by then. Yeah. So by the time his brats were coming off, would have been the time I would have been putting them on. <laughs> yeah, and that's so. I and that used. To, I did do that a couple of times when I first tried to charcoal grill. I was. I thought it was like a gas grill, and I would just. I'd light it up as soon as the fire would die down. I'd throw everything on, and about 30 minutes later, I was checking the burger, and it was nothing happened. And I, it took me a long time to realize you have to let it get hot over time. Yep. Because uh, I would still cook, try to cook on black, still black coals, and it just wouldn't, yep. wasn't not, the same. Not cooking then. Yeah. Yep. So just, you know, that kind of size and how everything's going to fit in the car to pack. That's the, that's the big thing because you got a smaller car. Yeah. And there's no way any of that, all that stuff would have fit in your little car. No. For the six of us. No. You know, but if it's just two ions, you got a one cooler, but you can get a cooler size to fit. What you're going to pack in it, you get a small little 14-inch grill and some a bag of charcoal and a place to put your spent charcoal. That's For me, that's the thing. I, I never have thought about how to manage that stuff. And a lot of people don't. And then they'll just take that grill and they'll dump it out there on the grass. Yep. Or they'll go over to the trash can and throw it in the trash can. Which we saw in, in Watkins Glen. We saw a trash can on fire. So, you know, think about think about that. Um, fortunately, with what I had, I put a piece of foil down in my grill. Had my coals up on the, uh, on the uh, charcoal grate. So that way, when it was done, I could just roll it up in the foil and let that suffocate out, cool all the way down. To where you could hold it with your hands, and then I could throw it away. So that's it's the little stuff that you know. It, unless you're doing it for a while, you you know. Yeah. People aren't aren't thinking about. It. Yeah. So that, and that's fully prepared. Yep. Ready to go. And I think the track also also appreciates that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they would care for dumped out charcoal in their in their grass. It, it seemed like the fire department <laughs> had their hands full. Yeah, they yeah they were they were busy. We Security was busy too. We saw a lot of ambulances running the track. Yeah. Uh, coming by us, so probably heat heat exhaustion, strokes and stuff. Yeah. But uh, well, we I'm glad you got to go to a race. Um, on behalf of everybody on the podcast, uh, we appreciate your support of the show, and we'll try to return that in kind. Um, and we'll definitely have you back on. We'll get you in uh, remote if we can get that set up uh, we'll get you in with everybody else and uh and do some more spots um and hopefully next year next imza season or indycar you have to see indycar okay. um we'll have you back out there in tailgate that'll be that'll be awesome and we'll get more of the crew out there as well um and so we'll be back down the road with you all righty um, so that is lee hollenbacher it is smoking underscore bears underscore on youtube instagram and tiktok so check it out and we'll link it as well uh, with the show description so on behalf of everybody thank you for joining us alright everybody bye the episode 100 party continues Doug Buchanan now joins us uh, in the studio Doug, it's been a bit for you as well. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks. It's been quite a while since I've been on here. I'm trying to remember when the last uh, time was. 
I know. We I, I surely think it was probably around an endurance Daytona, event. Daytona, I'm and, thinking. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 And that's the same for Jason, who just uh, resumed his golf tournament, or, well, hack golf tournament, I suppose. Uh, but it's really awesome here for episode 100 to kind of bring a few folks in that have joined us um, in the fourth chair, as we like to call it. And uh, I can't believe, I kind of want to slow down. We kind of, we, we really wanted to talk to Jason about the uh, the Wales trip and Operation Motorsport and kind of share that, uh, uh, that avenue for folks to donate and support. I want to s- pull back now and slow down a bit now that we're all kind of in a virtual studio here together. And uh, maybe wax poetic, as I say, about uh, Into the Apex. Patrick's already laughing at me. <laughs> that term just gets me every... Wax poetic, I know. Love it. I want to talk about Into the Apex. It's episode 100. I want to wax pretty much poetic. Two, pretty much, Rob, two years. Two years exactly from the time we started this. Uh, I think, Doug, I think you were with us. You were with us right when we started the podcast, right? I think just shortly after. I think I okay. joined, I want to say September 2020. It's yeah, you were right close because that's about sometime in September, maybe early September, we did start this, and I don't even Rob remember why we started it. I don't remember whose idea it was or if it was a group idea. It was just early on. There's only a few of us on the team, and you, I think me and you and Bradley were just kind of just in the early times of us like just chatting, and you were mentioning something got onto us how we both loved radio. Is how it started. Yeah. And you were going yeah. on how you and Bradley were like those like geeky radio kids. And that was the same way. Like I always yep. thought the radio was like this magical thing. And I still yep. loved it. And then we got talking about wanting to do a podcast. And you said you guys had already done one before back in mm-hmm. high school. I it guess was it weird. was. High school. Yeah. yeah. And then we just started talking about it again. And then we did it. And I didn't know what to make of it at first. I was like, you guys seemed like so confident of it. Because I was just assuming you guys had like all these experiences. And I just like came on. And then we did it. And it just didn't feel that weird. And then we just yeah, do it again got, and do it, it again. And yeah, yeah, it's gotten better. I mean, I think everybody's kind of fallen into it. The three of us did it. We did it on TeamSpeak, which was really shit quality. And then about November, about three months into it, when we realized we really like this, we like this show. We want it to be, you know, whatever, whoever is attracted to it is attracted to it. Whoever wants to listen to it at whatever pace is, we really love it. But we just enjoyed yeah. getting together and, and having a sip on a Friday night and talking about stuff that we love. Yeah, we never felt deterred whenever we'd like, like where are, are the numbers for the last episode? Be like, eight. <laughs> eight. <laughs> In the early days, that's how she yeah. goes. That's yeah. how she goes. And it's it's really, I mean, it's gone well from there. We're doing, we're doing just fine these days. Uh, and we've met a lot of people at the tracks uh, that, that listened to the show and that joined our sim racing stuff from the show. And vice versa, and it's kind of gone each way. It's been centered around iRacing, and then it's been centered about around just real racing. Uh, but we've seen folks again and again. We've got folks that, because of this show, we'll see every year at a particular track because of they, they they live close to it. And that's, I mean, that's amazing. That's incredible to me that we've been able to achieve that, and we'll have that kind of community going forward. Uh, two years it took to get to 100 episodes. At some point, Patrick came in there, and we've decided to keep you patrick i didn't get kicked out i don't know i, yeah, we I probably was the most profane there. one of all of us we take about two weeks off a year that's what's average now too like we're just behind of having one every single week yeah, yeah. we took a, we took a week off last week or week before last which after nashville which was yeah. odd because that's not usual for us no but i was supposed but, to myself uh, a week after that man <laughs> yeah we needed a week yeah. that was that was hard 
hard stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, I can say a lot of you know, I've, I've been a guest a couple of times, but you know, for the most part, I'm I'm just an avid listener, you know. And uh, that's what that's what I really like is that you know every week there's uh, there's an episode, and you know I look forward to the chance to listen to it, and and sometimes I like you know sometimes there's a, a planned topic, and then sometimes it's just goes naturally wherever it goes, and that's I that's what keeps me coming back. If, speaking for myself, anyways, it's it's a lot of fun. We we keep hearing that just as we kind of reflect on the show, I keep hearing that folks really. I mean, we just enjoy bullshitting i mean let's be honest yeah. that's what we're doing yeah we're but we're, we're a group of folk guys that are talking about stuff and uh we don't try to be too rigid and uh in what we focus on if we meander down a, down an avenue then then let it happen there's no rules we set the rules we write the rule book here uh and i like that aspect of it because we do have a we have a lot of fun it's that kind of weekend warrior type of thing we we only record on the weekends and then we do that by design. <laughs> well, it's good that's on Fridays too. It's like my weekend. It's like my week wind down. You know what I mean? It's like how I decompress after the work week. Like my no one even I, tries right. to ask me to do anything on Friday nights. You're right. You're <laughs> it's right. Like I'm booked. That's true. Yeah. So so yeah. I, just to just to take a moment to kind of reflect. I wanted to do that. We'll probably do it again with Bruce uh, and and who knows. But uh, Doug, while you're here, I want to talk with you because. Uh, last week's episode was, it was strange. It was different. I mean, we see, I feel like I say that every week because we're weird guys, but, uh, <laughs> I feel like last week's episode, we were kind of going through like a therapy session. I, I don't know if you caught it, Doug, or not, because I don't know how you digest it, but we basically were talking about taking the summer off, uh, trying not to burn out of sim racing, trying to balance it, uh, balancing it with other obligations and that type of thing. Uh, and I know because we've talked with you, you usually, I mean, you've got a family, you've got all this, uh, you take the summer, summers are quiet times with sim racing. And you were, t- we were talking just before you came on that, uh, you're kind of ramping it back up in the fall. Rob's kind of the same way. I know Bruce typically is that way. Um, the summer's kind of a quiet time with the sim. And then when it gets cold out, you kind of ramp it back up. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, you know, it's kind of a bit of an ebb and flow. I haven't actually caught last week's episode yet. I'm going to be doing that soon, but I'm I'm right there with you on that. It's, you know, summer's tough. I've got a kid, uh, you know, just between grade six and seven. So we've got all kinds of plans through the summer and, you know, she's home and just hanging out. And then you add to that the heat and, uh, you know, depending on where everybody lives, it, you know, I don't, I don't have great uh, air conditioning in my, in my place. So it, it adds just another level of when you're like, oh, I just don't think I feel the like firing up the sim tonight, you know. So, but it's 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 coming back. I've had a couple a few weeks here where I've kind of been away from it, and I'm I'm really starting to amp back up again right about now. Rob, I know you were talking about this kind of a dead period of no special endurance. Events. Yeah, like what's the next one, Petite? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the next then, one. So yeah, it just it hasn't been that thing. Like for me, it's like oh, pretty much like the first year of I racing, especially when it was in the pandemic. Just like I would race anything, anywhere, anytime. It was just like an obsession. But then like everyone started to get a little more focused. It's like the endurance events are what drives me to like even just practice at all. So it's just like when there's no those things aren't going on, man. It just seems like good timing to do other things, right? So especially up here in Canada, it's like you, you only get a few months of summer. The winter is a perfect time to stay inside anyway. So, on on that topic, I want to ask. Well, I want to ask you, Doug, and and really all you guys. Um, do you race official sessions very much? Not at all. Do you focus on special events and leagues? Uh, talking strictly i racing, sim racing right now. Where do you focus when you choose to race? When you say you're going to ramp it back up like that, 
what is what does ramping it up look like? You're practicing for an event, you're doing official sessions, or you're becoming active in leagues. We'll start with Doug. Yeah, so for me, it's I, I kind of have gone through a transition. I think officials at the beginning when I was just kind of learning what iRacing was and and you know finding what I liked, what I didn't like, uh, and then I, I moved more towards the special events, the endurance. Uh, which is still my main passion. And then uh, lately, you know, with our Monday Night League and with the one or two other leagues, I've tried out mostly league racing. And that's where, you know, similar to our leagues and the other ones, it's like, you know, you take a little bit of a break in the summer. So looking forward to get back, getting back into the regular league racing. And that's what I've, I would say is really kind of reignited uh, or maintained maybe my passion for iRacing is like the league racing just to me seems so much more enjoyable because you're racing with the same people week after week you know officials is just such a, a guessing game you hit or miss right you, yeah. you get a good one or you get a string of bad ones you don't know anybody in there and you know it, it's okay but i just much prefer the league racing where you get to know everybody and then the special events where you just prep and prep and prep and and then uh, hopefully you know happy at the end of it <laughs> yeah sometimes Rob? mine's more about like just we'll it's about the habit. You know what I mean? Like it's like getting into my rig and sitting down and just doing something, whether it's practice, whether it's an official, it's just like it becoming part of my routine again. Like right now, like I haven't turned that computer on in months since spa. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like, I just, I didn't realize that. Well, I guess, so I guess I shouldn't say that just a couple of times where I turned on and played a little bit of F1, yeah. but like for iRacing, oh, okay. no, like I've been on an iRacing detox pretty much all summer. Okay. Yeah. I know we won't lose you. I exactly. Lose I, you. It's going to be there. And like I said, be I was gonna. I'm gonna be racing all weekend. Like I'm free all this weekend. That's what I plan to do. Is kind of getting back into it. But like officials or, yeah, I don't know. I don't race that many of them. It's like, I like the nature of leagues because like the way, like I said, you kind of get to know the people around you. The points. There's like something to look forward to each week. It's really competitive. Like when you're talking about our Monday night league. Official sessions are just like that. Yeah, they're they're a little hit or miss in that sense. And for the most part, with official sessions, is that the thing that I used to like about them so much, and which I still know adds value, is the timed and finite nature of how many run each day. So yeah. I know, like I said, it, it helps so that like people kind of have to care about each race in a sense, so that like you can't just be like, ah, well, I wrecked the field, I'll just go jump into another one whenever it populates enough people for me to get into a race. So like I, I like that, but same time, in most cases, it's like I want to jump into a race, I want to be one within ten minutes, and half the time there's just not something there ready for me to do it, unless I want to sit there and practice for forty five minutes first. I agree with that. I I run into as as the schedule changes, as I'm busy in life. Yeah. I, I'm like, oh, I want to do this one and this one and this one. And it's like, I, I, I run out of time yeah. because I life is going on. Or multiple series running on. at the same time slot. Yeah. yeah. So there's just multiple and, things and you, that just stop me from being able just to jump into an official series at any point. So like, yeah. if I really have a hankering to race right now, like I'll do an AI race, worst case. Oh, I can't do that. That's mm, I can do a tech. You get good so, racing so in those, man. I, I appreciate what you're saying, Rob, because I get that hankering to just be on the yeah. rig, to, to drive my fantasy. And you say, like, you don't like, you don't like just turn and laps and practice. You need that carrot to chase. I can, I can, no, no, I can do a test session to scratch that itch. I could do maybe four laps. Exactly. Laps before I'm, I'm done. So that's why, like, even an AI race, man, you, you get like your settings tweaked, right, man, and you can race for, uh, you can do a 20 minute race with 
door to like bumper to bumper racing for 20 nope. minutes straight and being a sweat and it gives I you can't. that fix nope disagree no, I, i'm disagree. the same i can't i have no interest in no it way. Can't do it. i've tried well, it i just like, can't I've, get into it i've probably done less than 10 in my entire life but there have always been in those moments where it's just like i need to do something right now oh get out of here right yeah so well, i'd rather if sometimes i'd rather something race right than just not race <laughs> if i need to do something right now right now I'll get in a goddamn Formula V race if I have. Yeah, see, that's not. But I want to be in there with the humans. I'm not an AI guy. Yeah, I'm with you. AI scares me, but that's another topic for another day. Uh, I want, I want human competition. I want, I, like I want to someone know, to call me a wanker. Yeah, I like to know that if I screw up, someone is going guaranteed going to yell at me instead of yeah. an AI race where I can just reset and try again. I, I just, yeah, <laughs> that doesn't do it for me. I, yeah, call me a wanker. Yeah, I need to be yelled I, at. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'd say five of those ten races I've done were all for Nurburgring too. Oh, oh yeah, well, yeah. it was great Nurburgring. Practice. I don't know. I don't know if I'll allow that, but okay, you can justify it any way you want, Rob. You do you. You do what you want to do. What makes you feel happy? I can respect. That's like yeah. you just wait. You just wait till practice. that's good. You just wait till Monday nights, bud, and you'll see what happens. Oh, we're not. Gonna, we're going to be rivals again, are we? <laughs> we mean again. again. I only show up on Mondays <laughs> to race you. <laughs> Pat, Patrick, what about you? I mean, I know, I know, I do know this about you, Patrick. Uh, I can be on Discord and, and we can be, I can get Patrick in an official session anytime that he's on there with me. You're very good for that, Patrick, and I appreciate that because I enjoy having somebody I know in an official session. It kind of makes it interesting. We can kind of talk to each other in, in a community, in a Discord, in the voice chat. Do you uh, generally, when it's just you? I mean, are you pretty active in the official sessions uh, these days over the summer? What's your What's your view on it? Um, in the summertime, not as much. Um, mostly all that I've been doing for like officials is like I'll do NIS for oval racing. Um, but then I'm I'm trying. Uh, it's more league racing, so for the oval side of it, and then also the road challenge that's going to be coming up, but any road official, it's like only around the special events, really, just so I can get in a momentum and, and get in a rhythm of things, even if it's not at the same track, just so I can get yeah. the flow. Yeah, the NIS, I feel like Oval has that kind of specialness every week, just about, but the NIS, we don't talk about it a lot because I don't think, I mean, I don't compete in it. Rob, I know you don't. Bradley doesn't. Uh, but we, I mean, in our team, and we don't, we try not to talk about our team, our sim team, as much centrically because uh, that nobody's here to listen to a mad sim racing show. Uh, obviously, we're connected, but it's not a show for mad sim racing. Yeah. But speaking of our team, for a moment, uh, we do have a very great core group of fast guys that develop their own setups for NIS. So Patrick, I know you're involved in racing in that uh, when you can. Yeah. And I, I feel like the Oval guys get that kind of special event atmosphere more regularly with NIS. Yeah. Whereas with Road, we have to wait a hell of a long time. So we had Spa in July. August, we don't have anything for road racing to really get pumped about. I think about just about now, where we're at now, it's pretty reasonable for these for road sim road teams, endurance teams, to start to get their eyes on Petit Le Mans and Road Atlanta. I know one of the series was at IMSA was there last week i know i did some some road atlanta racing last week in official sessions so you kind of start to scratch that itch uh and in october i mean we're going to host an indy eight hours but that's going to be pretty limited it's one split 
So you generally you have nothing in October. Then you then Suzuka s- sneaks up on you in November, and then nothing until the Daytona race in January. So if you're into NIS, which I applaud, and I wish I could find the time, but the NIS, Patrick, it, it seems to be a really do you get excited for every NIS race? I know there's a few opportunities each week to do it. Yeah. But I assume you would only pick one if you're crunched for time. If I'm crunched for time, yeah. I, I try to at least find one slot. Like I I mostly focus on the open open races because it's much easier than the fixed ones. The fixed ones are a lot dirtier and you get more of the FUs and all that. It's just it's toxic as hell i just don't want to deal with it yeah open setup seems to have a good rap overall yeah and i imagine it's easier to kind of like rob you you, what i can what i tell from you rob is you get excited for events that have significance and is it fair to say that that any random every other hour official session just doesn't have the significance there's no states too pumped aside from your eye rating your safety rating which mean nothing to me (laughs) Yeah. So so NIS gives you a little bit of stakes each week. Yeah. More than the road series have. Oh, yeah. for sure. And a lot of and our like, guys, I think, of... mainly try to limit themselves in most cases to one run. Like, and that, uh, that's what I love about realistic. endurance. It's like it's you prep, you prep, you prep, and then you put it all on the line on one day. Well, most of the guys actually they're they're doing two usually, and sometimes even three because it's they're trying to get the best points that they can in their division. Yeah. Right. And and it and with the formula with i racing, it's the best out of I forget what uh, however many races for points. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a hardcore effort into it, which I appreciate. I mean, in my case, maybe some folks' case, it would be just oh, give me I want one shot for my own psyche at this each week. I feel like that's what Rob would do if he. Well, that's what I do whenever race. like right before I took the little break and the summer came and I was doing the IndyCar. The IIS, yeah. I guess we'll call it. Yeah, yeah you'll call it uh, that. Yeah, the lesser, the lesser favorite. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, IIS. I wouldn't usually. I wouldn't run it more than once. Yeah, I, I, I stick to once a week. Yeah. Doug, you were pretty limited on ovals. I know you did the Indy Five Hundred a couple times with us. Uh, I want to say, Doug, did you try NASCAR at any point? I've, I've done a little bit actually. What's gotten me more into, uh, into ovals is doing the major series, which is you know not officials, but kind of another league, right? They, they alternate. What is it? I think there's 14 races a year, and they're half oval, half road, and they alternate yeah. back and forth. So I've done some oval racing there uh, in various different types of cars, um, and I've done a couple, uh, a couple oval races. I think I did a Daytona 500 once or something, uh, but not much. Yeah, that was the not, first race. Yeah, I think. Yeah. What did you think of it? Uh, what did you like? Not like? I. It's definitely different. Like I. I Hard to even like put it into words. I finally got an oval uh, around wheel, which has definitely helped a lot because I don't. Oh wow! <laughs> read the little tiny formula wheel doesn't work so well for driving NASCAR. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so a little more realism there, and a little easier to drive. I find. Um, I I think the hardest thing for me is I just don't under it's it's the understanding of like how a race is going to evolve and knowing like mm-hmm. where to be when you know I mostly do road racing where basically you just you just qualify as high as you can and you just race as hard as you can the whole time and and it's like a different feeling in an oval race especially with you know especially like uh you know super speedways and stuff where you've got draft and pit strategies and everything it's just it's just so much different that it's 
a lot, you know, it's harder for me to kind of jump into a race because I don't really understand sort of how that race is supposed to go. The the draft races like Daytona, Talladega, and so on, uh, I feel like I, I mean, though, that takes me back to NASCAR 2003 season, which is what brought Bradley and I into this whole thing. We would not be sitting here for, hell, 100 episodes of a podcast about this, much less anything else, if not for NASCAR 2003 season. But as high schoolers, starting in with a Momo wheel, very simple, uh, with no, I feel like no sense or finesse or anything like that. We had we had a lot of learning to do, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Basically, uh, we raced in a Friday night super speedway only series, which basically re- revolved from Coca Cola, which was with Papyrus then, uh, to which is what what is it now? I raced super, super speedway. speedway yeah, yeah. Um, it was the same one. Uh, and then Talladega Daytona was basically a rotation of all of those, but uh, that we felt basically that that kind of drafting chess strategy was our only way to compete and possibly win a race, and we were out to win because winning was everything in high school doing that type of sim racing. So we spent a lot of times each week doing that, and I feel like that translates even today because we, we started young practicing it. So I feel like I understand that chess game of super speedway racing but I st- I feel dangerous. <laughs> I'm very dangerous there. I, I yeah, can easily too. get, I can, yeah. You get that foam at the mouth feeling. Your eyes get bigger than your stomach or whatever the hell, and uh, you kill people. Yeah, you kill yourself. That's right. You know, you I, I find myself at the front of a pack, and I'm like, oh crap! Now what do I do? <laughs> yeah, and it usually goes like, wrong. I, I managed to get here. Now what? Yeah. How do well, I manage do I this do? now? Yeah. Yeah. No, you know what? It's, I was going to bring up one oval race, I would say, which is probably my favorite one I've done so far. It was ridiculous. It was in the majors. It was the World 600 in the 87 oh, yeah. cars. 400, oh. 400 laps of Charlotte in the 87 cars. It was just ridiculous. But we prepped for weeks and weeks and weeks, and we did really, really well. Our whole team did. We, we had a great showing. It was yeah. so much fun. But, man, I couldn't even move my arms for like two days after that. It was insane. So fun. I, I've not driven that car yet. I, I will say, I don't think I realized, you may have said it and I just didn't retain it. I didn't realize you got a round or oval racing wheel for your Fanatec stuff. I did, yeah. I did. Uh, I think it was before that World 600 race. That was pretty much why I bought it. Um, I got. I just got like the, I don't know, the 30, uh, 330 rim from Fanatec with the, with the Club Sport hub, I guess, with all the buttons. Okay. That's. I mean, that's a, that's an investment showing that you're going to give it a shot, I suppose, because I don't have that. My oval racing and eye racing took a real big hit when I got my CSL DD in the Formula wheel. Right. Yeah, because Bradley has the BMW V wheel, right? Yeah, he's got. So I could use that, I right. guess. We uh, we're going to part ways here soon. I'll talk about that later. That'll be fun. <laughs> but then you can't do. They can't race together. Then. Yeah. It, we can't race together like we used yeah. to. Um, but uh, part ways, by the way, the show's going to be fine, folks. Everything's okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to move. We're basically going to be in different locations. But anyhow, um, Jerry Isaacs, uh, actually, who's been on the show quite a bit, uh, taught me f- with the Formula Wheel because he runs ovals with his Formula Wheel, which is what I've been doing lately since January. Okay. Um, taught me to offset it. I think it was, God, I think it was negative 15. Yeah. Offset it. Uh, either po- he was either plus or minus fifteen. Uh, offset the wheel, and that helps with ovals. And I did that and ran some oval league races 
and it it helped me actually quite a bit. And for a minute there, I was back in ovals, and then of course our leagues, right? Uh, that are that race ovals, they paused for the summer. Yeah. So I'm gonna try that this fall with league racing and Okay, so that straightens it out so that you're not it like all yeah crooked, it, right? It helps you not wear the tires out as much or crank the wheel as much right. with the formula wheel. Yeah, it's just like because yeah, it's got such it's got the smaller diameter, right? So like you get more input with less. You know what I mean? Like for like an Asker, yeah. so like you got offset it. So like when you're turning it, like you're yeah, like it just I guess it offsets it, but yeah, yeah. I tried it, it makes once a with a formula, and I would never do it again ever. Yeah, it, it, not with not with this regular formula. No. I mean, since I got the formula wheel and the CSLDD, my road racing has improved. Understandably, I'm sure everybody tried to tell me for a long time. Uh, the load cell brake pedals, same deal. But at least initially. And, and still now, because I've just been very slow to prepare and practice and get back into ovals, stock cars and so on, for Indy cars at ovals, I'm still fine with this setup. But NASCARs, stock cars at ovals, if I hooked up the old Logitech, uh, fuck, was it G29? I already forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've still got yeah. a couple. I've still got one. If I hooked that back up for oval racing, I'd be better. I was not terrible at ovals at the end of my run with that Logitech G29. But obviously at road racing, I'm better with what I've got now. But I've tended to stick with road racing since I got this current setup. That's one thing I love about sim racing is that it actually makes sense to have different gear. Like it translates. Yeah. So that's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. The formula wheel. Just you can, you can, ju- if you're going to take you actually your hobby, you can easily justify spending some money on an extra peripheral. <laughs> so yeah, that is a hundred percent true. Yeah. hundred percent true. Yeah, and it better uh, I wonder, gear we're can bring better performance. You know, it can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it absolutely does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Doug, I want to transition to bring in Bruce Perry. Yeah. He is on deck. He is ready. He's probably drinking something. I don't know what he's got over there at the Perry residence. Uh, but we're going to celebrate episode 100, move down the line with fourth chair. Uh, any final thoughts from you, Doug? It's so awesome to have you here. We need to have you on for a full show here soon. Yeah, I will. I'll definitely try to make time here in the fall, maybe around Petite or to Suzuka or something. But no, it's been a whirlwind, you know, 100 episodes. Uh, congratulations to you guys for that. And thanks for having me on. And and uh, just really proud of how everything has gone over the last couple of years. Keep it up. We're glad to have the family, the community here. Uh, we're going to take a break. On the other side, Bruce Perry is going to join us. And we're going to close out episode 100 on Into the Apex. Doug Buchanan joining us. Cheers, everybody. Episode 100 Party continues. Don't go anywhere. More Into the Apex is coming up. Setups. Whether you love them or hate them, they're one of the most important elements in sim racing. However, so many of us don't have time to painstakingly tweak every value to create a good setup. Never mind the hours of work required to find game-breaking exploits to make you even quicker. The Coach Dave Academy has created competitive iRacing setups developed by professional sim racers and engineers that are designed to enhance your performance in the most popular sim racing game in the world. Receive new setups for iRacing season, car, and track combinations every week, giving you the time and pace to be able to focus on racing on the track rather than being sat in pit lane. All the setups follow real driver feedback and come with MoTeC data and replay files, helping you improve not just your car setups, but also your driving technique. The best part? When you sign up, the first week is free. 
which means you can test the setups for yourself before committing to a monthly membership. Check them out at coachdaveacademy.com forward slash iRacing. That's coachdaveacademy.com forward slash iRacing. This episode is brought to you by the racing fans at Great Hire HR. Whether you're hiring one employee or 100, Great Hire will help let you keep doing what is important, running your business. For more information, visit greathirehr.com. You've just achieved your greatest accomplishment as a sim racer. Now what? Don't let it become just another stat you never see. Alien Awards is a service run by and for sim racers, creating clearly printed plaques on solid surfaces, something you can display proudly to mark a major victory and show off your team and sponsors. Whether you're an individual driver looking to create a memory or a league owner looking to take your season to the next level, Alien Awards can help. These are quality awards I know because I've won one. There are no setup or design fees and shipping in the U.S. is free. Take your sim racing career to new heights. Visit AlienAwards.net. That's AlienAwards.net. This episode is also brought to you by the Bad Weather Brewing Company located in St. Paul, Minnesota. Bad Weather Brewing Company serves up craft beers such as the Fog of War Hazy IPA or the Immortal Toast Infused White Stout. And some of the best design cans you'll see, by the way. For the full tap list and to grab your mug, visit BadWeatherBrewery.com. on the other side of episode 100 here in a moment bruce perry joining us in the live studio first i want to talk about again pro Kart concepts ProCartConcepts.com sponsoring the into the apex on the road series bradley will be on the road at vir for imza just this weekend on saturday for michelin pilot and imza weathertech sports car series action check out ProCartConcepts.com. they provide top top tier cart carts parts and consumables service to the tri-state karting scene and uh, trackside support at pittsburgh international race complex and uh, not only pkc but also uh, we've got a new partner in the pittsburgh area and uh, that is javiki insurance agency llc doing home auto and life insurance you'll hear more about them in upcoming episodes as we finalize some information on the group uh, but I can say that Javiki Insurance Agency uh, will be sponsoring Mad Sim Racing's Oval Team exclusively, as well as into the Apex. So we, our Pittsburgh presence is incredibly strong as we fire off into another two strong years of into the Apex. Now in the live studio, Patrick Stein has left us to go do some Oval League racing on a Friday night. Uh, so we wish him well. Doug Buchanan has made way for his family. And uh, Rob and I, who have no family, remain here. And Bruce Barry, who has no friends or family, <laughs> no no friends or family. That's hi right. to nobody at home. No. Well, I have family. It's Scott, just I'm ignoring. It's them. a Scott Pruitt reference. <laughs> but yes, Bruce Perry. Hello. Close the show with us. Bruce yeah. has been on the show many times, and all of our longtime listeners know Bruce from our Watkins Glen episodes and our endurance episodes. And uh, I've got eyes on Bruce through the studio cameras, and he. Uh, also, like Patrick, like everybody else, looks beautiful. Thank you. Got my mad 
Matson racing uh, polo on. So, one hundred episodes, Bruce. You, I, you have been somebody that has cheered this podcast along the whole way from the very beginning. Yes, well, he is our champion. Yes, I, I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's the only way to put it. Well, yeah. I mean, I just think this is so awesome. I mean, who would have thought? 100 episodes like when you guys were first talking about like that's a really cool idea podcast yeah why not right you know and wow here we are (laughs) you guys are just mowing them down exactly two years yeah the very interesting thing uh the the road stuff i want to take a moment we've we waxed poetic a little bit about the podcast itself when doug first jumped in the road series. I think it's worthy for the three of us to talk about that because we've all, all three of us, uh, Bradley, if he were here, same for him. Uh, we've all spent quite a bit of time around each other trackside at, at more than one event because of this show, because of sim racing, because of iRacing. Uh, all of this is one big thing, the on the road series. Uh, we've all, we've been to Daytona. We've been to Watkins Glen. Rob hasn't, but we've been he, he to Pete Lamar, be. Nashville. Between us three, I mean, these are you guys are guys that don't 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 cry now, Bruce. I'm don't cry. cry. This is awesome. You guys are people <laughs> that we will we will travel to races together for the rest of our natural lives. Probably <laughs> every and, year, and hopefully a little bit into our cyborg lives. Yeah, no, that's that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's like yes. great. Like, you know, I, I've uh, done some racing stuff with some other leagues. I met a few of those guys over the years and all, and we still stay in touch and, and you know, we'll meet up at the races once in a while. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really cool how the sim racing has brought us all together, especially the, the podcast and everything. So it's, uh, hey, let's, you know, look forward to the next 100 episodes and see what that brings. Yeah, two more, two more years, two, two more, more years. years. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, motorsport in in your day to day in your in the wild in your day to day life. Let me let me say this: just today, just a f- five o'clock. It's about nine thirty right now as we sit here on a Friday night. Uh, earlier today, I went to my gym, did my little exercise like I do. And I saw, I, I was walking through, it's a big gym, I walked through, and I saw a green shirt, and I was like, and I saw words on the on the shoulder, and I'm like, words on the shoulder? That's not a baseball shirt, that's not a football shirt. Words on the shoulder, that must be motorsport. And I get closer, and, I, and I'm like, that, God, that looks like a Formula One shirt. I think I have that shirt. <laughs> I think I have that shirt. I think I bought that for overpriced $90. And I get even closer, and it's an Aston Martin Cognizant. Formula One polyester shirt. I've got that with Vettel's name on the back, but this was just a team shirt. Younger fella doing deadlifts in the gym. And I had to resist the urge to go in and approach him and be like, hey, motorsport. I've been approached wearing IndyCar shirts in my gym by an older man. I was very uncomfortable. But it strikes up that conversation. I was approached in the gym with an IndyCar shirt about a month ago. And the gentleman, the older gentleman, asked me if I knew what iRacing was. And I said, boy, do I. <laughs> buddy. Boy, if I got a buddy, story for you. <laughs> do I have some shit to tell That's you? That's right. He actually might be listening right now. So, I no, you didn't, sir, you didn't make me uncomfortable. I mean, all older men approaching me in public that are strangers always make me uncomfortable. 
because I'm trained well. But anyway, my point yeah. is, it's nice to know you guys. I'll, I'll drink and to I'm that. I'm glad you didn't. No, I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that. I don't. I don't actually I have an empty bottle now. I'll drink so. to being older men that make you comfortable. Yeah, yeah older I'll, men. I'll that drink to that. Nothing weird happened when we first met at a race. Hey, That's listen, and, and nothing weird happened when you first camped at a race, right? Right? Am I right? Well, or did actually, it? Bruce, did you're it? well. I I did mention in an earlier segment the feeling of your hot breath at Watkins Glen campsite, but that was because Mister Jason Bivens was asking about Daytona. Okay, everybody has already heard. You're you're late to the party. Oh, actually, you're going to enjoy listening to the beginning of this episode okay. because Jason talked about you. Yeah, we about chirped me? you a little bit too. Yeah. Uh-oh. A little bit. He wanted to chirp you uh, because he couldn't defend yourself. It was it was a good moment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, basically, right. Jason was saying that when when we all go to Daytona in January and you drive the RV down outside the track, that you're going to basically hand out candy and entice entice people to come to your Astrovan camper. Yeah, I already got the free candy sign on the side of it. I, I imagine so. you did, and I think I will be the first one to come try to eat right. some of that candy. Yeah. <laughs> Just come on inside. It's going to be a pin it's place for the weekend week. on those apps. Well, ask People get yeah. moved to a new neighborhood. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, ask, I, ask, I ask all the time. You ever seen the back of a motorhome? <laughs> Stop. Will Mrs. Stop. Bruce be Yes, Mrs. She's Bruce coming. Bruce be coming. Yeah, she's coming. She's a nice lady. She is. And, and you know what? Was you a- don't have to be worried about what you say around her. She's I got a sick sense of humor like me, so she does. Don't sweat it. <laughs> we, were doing, we were well set up at at the campsite in Watkins Glen, and she was all she was just hanging out for. Yeah. It. I appreciate that in a human being. So yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be good. Um, still trying to get a spot inside the track, so we'll see what happens. Is there is there still hope for that? <sighs> Only if someone dies or sells something. You know, they already had the relocation day. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's already passed and there's nothing available, you'd be you'd be pretty lucky to say now. What what we did one year is we happened to get something on eBay, somebody was selling. That's how we got that Lake Lloyd spot that one year. But if it happens, it happens. If not, I got that spot right outside turn three. So That's still good to me. I mean it's uh, fine. I have I, to I, get a couple scooters to take us back and forth to the track. But Yeah. Yeah, we need we do need scooters. Nashville taught us the value of electric scooters. Rob. Oh baby! <laughs> oh yeah! I mean, I don't know what kind you have. But some of them will do like forty or fifty miles an hour. They're nuts. Oh, these these were dangerous. These yeah. were doing, I think, probably like eighteen to twenty miles. I think. That's probably a safer yeah. speed. Yeah. Oh, in the city with cars and stuff it around, it was dangerous. definitely appropriate. <laughs> any faster, and you'd you'd hit and kill a homeless. Man. Yeah, it just wouldn't have the reaction time you need at going any quicker than that. Yeah, yeah, especially after several drinks at several different places. <laughs> yeah, they they probably know that's the deal there. So, so. Uh, we were talking to Jason and we were talking at the top of the show about that Daytona because I mean, looking back at the Rolex Twenty Four, we we built up to it both both with the show and just with ourselves that the Mecca. Just like in our, really how we look at sim racing, the way we looked at the Rolex 24 in real life as well, uh, as a podcast and as a group of people, we looked at that as our mecca, as our convention, our our group convention of sorts. And it's really shaping up to be that again. We've got folks that that race with us on iRacing from England flying in, uh, already confirmed and booked, flying in for the Rolex 24. Uh, We're all going to go. We've got more folks coming than last year already planned. 
Uh, so it's it's shaping up to be the same way again. So I think for for this kind of centennial episode, it makes sense to to think back to it and to look forward to it because yeah. we're kind of halfway through the year. We're we're already halfway to that race again, and ju- and we were so pumped about the GTD Pro class. Really, we have cause to be even more excited about this new GTP class coming up. Uh, the the videos and the pictures continue to trickle out. Uh, I guess I'll take, I, I wanted, we'll talk more about this as we get closer, I am sure. But among the three of us, knowing that it's just three of us and we've got more guys, you know, Rob and or Bradley and Patrick, I'd like to hear from. Uh, but an informal early poll, let's say, from just testing footage, pictures, and so on. We've seen the Acura, the Porsche, the BMW, the Cadillac. Uh, what, which do you find, if you could only pick one of the four, we're not going to play ranking games right now. If you could pick one that you're really, really pumped to see in January of those GTPs, which would it be? Let's start with Bruce. Wow. That's, that's right now. I'm just, oh, I'm putting you I'm, on the spot. Yeah, I know. I'm excited about all of them. I'm like, so far, I've liked them all. Like, yeah. Some are a little better than others. I, I like the caddies. Mm. Um, I'm going to go against the grain a little bit from the discussions I saw. I, I like the Porsche. Uh, the Porsche? Yeah, but I don't know. I think everyone was saying because it just, what, didn't really look like a Porsche? Is that what everyone was saying? I, I remember, That's what I said. Yeah, you said that, I right? was just going to say. Yeah. It didn't excite me. It excited it, me the least. I don't know. I can't wait to hear them. I can't wait. I really haven't watched much of the videos already to tests yeah. or stuff honestly but uh i'm just excited that you know to see the new division and stuff when we go down i mean yeah hopefully to get a lot of cars I, and i just want a bigger same. field at the front i don't want to watch yep. six cars for 24 yep. hours i'm 100 with you on that i agree yeah yeah i want a, I want yeah. a good field so i think the, we'll get it the porsche i like the penske connection i do yeah. like that bmw for me yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. BMW just because it's just it's just okay. different. Like how often you see a BMW racing prototypes? Yeah. That's true. It's just well, it's just different. See, see, right now I can be persuaded in all directions. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I don't have a clear cut. Like yeah, I'm there to see the Beamer. I'm there to see. Yeah. Right now, I just I just want to see them. I just want to yeah. go and yeah, experience it and see what what. To me, I mean, the Acura looks like pretty similar to what the DPI looks like. Yep. So it's nothing too amazing, but I appreciate the Acura. I appreciate them staying in it. Uh, but Rob, yeah, I agree. I was going to say the same answer. BMW. We just got some different images, footage of the BMW testing at night, and the grill, the kidneys that they they integrated really well in a prototype. Yeah. That it, I mean, that's clearly a BMW for a prototype. And that was the Porsche was cool. missing. Like that yeah, identity, yeah, the Porsche. just the identity of when you could look at it and All, be like, I know what that is. Yeah. All the Porsche needed, all the Porsche prototype needed, were some rounder Round headlights. headlights and, and right. For some reason, they gave them weird flat yeah. headlights, and I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't know. The headlights make the Porsche. Am I wrong? Well, it's oh, what for makes sure. it it's, all the other ones recognizable, right? Yeah. Well, that yeah. sound. Yeah, the sound. Yeah, too. you can hear it coming. The Cadillac. You know that caddy sound. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking with Jason earlier, and we were talking about when we had that first game of golf last year down at Daytona, and I were listening to the cars, and there was the Mazdas and everything. And then, like, the only way that you could tell that it switched over to the IMSA was the fucking Cadillacs driving. Because yeah. all those other cars are, like, in the distance, you could confuse them for something else, but you're not confusing that Cadillac DPI. Yeah. Yeah, that that, that is certainly true. The, I mean, based on that, if, if we could just pick one, I mean, I would want to see the BMW up close at night, 
because of those grill headlights and different things. I just think it looks nice. But if I could pick one to have on iRacing, I think I might pick the Cadillac based on the audio. You know? iRacing's audio is kind of crap. Would it even do it justice anyway? <laughs> well, maybe fair. Maybe fair. Uh, God, I would love to be in a world where we could have more than one to choose from on iRacing. I mean, right now, the LMP2, the Delara, which is not even run, is, is what we have. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I hate how it has IMSA branding and it's just not IMSA. <laughs> how it amazing. Just as we talk about. Yeah, it is. It's bastard IMSA. Yeah. <laughs> as, we, as we talk about the real Daytona, back and backwards and forwards, as we prep and all the other teams and drivers prep in late November, early December for iRacing's Daytona. How how much how dramatically and exciting would that be, and, and dramatically would it change if we got in good time with enough time to practice one of these new GTP cars? If you had to put a percentage on it, how realistic do you think it is that we get one? Not likely. No, not likely. It's not, it's not, it doesn't feel. Like, I don't know. I yeah, think they would have teased it or something at this point. Like you're what? Like you're going to get one more update. Like new season before you get like the big build that comes at the beginning of the year. I just feel like they would have teased it or something. It's it's depressing, honestly, because to think, I mean, Daytona is it. Daytona is the debut. It's that fresh start. It's the beginning of the year in real life and in the sim. Yeah. So if we're going to get it, God, I don't want to get it for Sebring, damn it. I want to get it for Daytona. I know. It'll help the health of the splits too, right? Like you get a new yeah. car, a lot of people want to race it. And like right now, like aside from like i guess emza doesn't really count because it's just lmp2 but if you were to race like say a longer like the vrs global endurance series or something you don't get very many people running the top class yeah. it's only a couple people here's a challenging question for you then maybe not but to me maybe uh i always have an, an urge to go against the grain with the latest of the late when it comes to the events, signing up for them. I, I hate the idea of, say, say when the Mercedes GT3, the new one came out, I hated the idea for Spa and other ones, even though we did it. hated the idea of everybody's running a Mercedes. I want variety. I'm here for variety in manufacturing. I know Bradley would say the same if he were here. I'm um, actually so shocked it, to hear that Yeah, because oh, I, I feel that's I, not what you do. <laughs> go screw. I go, feel like you go always go yourself. for the shiny new thing. Well, no, I will drive it and buy it. Oh, I'll buy the hell out of it. But for events, I, I don't like I think that. you suggested it for Spa. Uh-oh. I know, but we did, because we did the Mercedes the year before, Rob, when it wasn't cool, so, so fuck off. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it, here's my challenging question. The three of us consistently run high downforce cars for the Daytona 24 on iRacing. Uh, we all three run the LMP2. We have the last two years under the Mad Sim Racing banner. So if, let's say long shot hypothetically, we get a GTP car and they somehow integrate, they chop out a GTD car, they chop something out, and we get the choose between the GTP, the LMP2, Delara, or a host of GT3s. Do you? Which do you pick? Probably the two again. You would pick the, Rob. I love the LMP2. Are you just saying that? I love Are the, you just saying that? No, I love the LMP2. And okay. I feel like if you had, like I said, again, what I said before, if you brought new cars out, a lot of people would be driving them and you wouldn't have as many of like the top guys racing that. And I just feel like it'd probably be a little more competitive. Interesting. I, I think that's a good take. Bruce, what do you think? I was about to say, you know, the same thing. Everyone's going to jump to that shiny new thing. And 
you know, you're going to have all these splits with all the new cars, you know, because it's just going to be so many people running them. And I don't know. We, we, I would have to try the car first, too, to see if I'm going to fall into that yeah, category yeah. and see how I like it, see how my teammates like it, you know, um, see what we'll do. But I think I kind of like the idea of, hey, I'll stick with LMP2 and, you know, uh, let all them guys have at it. <laughs> you know, let's, I feel like we're all we're all mind melted right now yeah. because I, I asked that question knowing that I think I was going to say the same thing and that, I mean, as much practice as we, uh, along with, I mean, you start seeing these sessions pop up in November and we, we pop them up ourselves. We start thinking about this right around Thanksgiving in America. And uh, we we put, I, I feel like, I know you guys feel the same way. We put so many laps in the LMP2 at Daytona the past two years through December and January. It's so intense, the practice and prep, more than any other event over the year that I, I, don't feel as locked in in anything anywhere as I do the LMP2 at Daytona Road Course. And that's just the nature of it. The car hasn't changed in two years, and we've run it for the last two years. And we had sniffs at wins. Changes so I something. feel like there's just something I want. I just feel like I want to get a win in that yeah. year at Daytona. What did we We finished second, yeah, second last run. year, yeah. Unreal. I mean, we, you can't get any closer. Exactly. Yeah. You really can't. It's unfinished business. Yeah. It, it, it is for us. <laughs> yeah. It really is. It is. But, I mean, yeah. It's. I mean, we sit here in late August, going into September, but something about milestones for this show and, and our group, uh, Daytona's is is what comes to mind. We just spent a while talking about it, but I mean, really, the real and the virtual. It's like we we exist through the year, and we have highlights and milestones, but nothing is like that one milestone. In both regards, real or virtual, well, the blend of the two. Daytona, we have people who race only Daytona for endurance every year. So it's like the Discord just goes to another level of activity. The sessions that we put up are way more busy. There's just like an energy around Daytona that lasts for like anywhere from like four to six weeks. Yeah. So it's Definitely. just that's it's, what I like about it's it. It's the World Series of racing, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's it. It's the upper echelon, and everybody wants to be part of it. And it's middle of winter, so everyone's got time to. To, to run you know exactly so well i want to i want to give credit where credit's due bruce i think you when you joined us you joined us early uh or an early adopter in 2020 you brought that intensity to daytona for us right out the gate yeah you fostered I, that entire yeah. <laughs> thing credit well, where credit's due yeah i right i mean i've like i've said before i, I just love daytona i love the race i love the 24 uh love endurance racing and all it's just just everything for me i mean you talk about the show and how we're like focusing on it already it's like i'm starting to get excited already it's like yeah <laughs> daytona 24 yeah. i mean there's nothing like it i mean okay i've never been to le mans or never been to 24 hours of nerve ring so you know this is what i have to go by but to me daytona is it so yeah when we had the opportunity in sim racing to actually do it you know when they brought the, i mean originally it was like 2.4 hours it's like eh, eh it's all right they got to do this 24 hours you know and then they were able to do 24 hour races and that it's like yes and so it was just so awesome to be able to do it in the sim and then find other like-minded guys who like yeah we want to run 24 hour races and stuff too you know with you guys and I'm like well hey <laughs> perfect marriage here and i'll tell you what daytona's my focus and my goal so let's do it 
you know, let's do it. And uh, I think we've been pretty successful so far. Yeah. And I think we'll continue that. Uh, you know, it was interesting. Something I wanted to bring up is like reading. I mean, I've been pretty quiet on Discord and racing here the past few months and will continue to be probably until October. Um, you know, and everyone's saying, oh, you know, Madison racing, the, the oval guys kind of taking over and yeah, they have a lot of races, a lot of stuff going on and that's what most of the focus is right now. But yeah, just, just, just wait. <laughs> the endurance guys are going to come out of hibernation. You know, don't, don't poke the bear. No, we're in the, I don't think we really said that. I think it was no, you know giving I mean. them, yeah, just giving them their credit where it was due because yeah, they have, absolutely. they're, 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 like I said, they are kind of like during the summer right now, it's kind of been like the heartbeat of fucking yeah, Discord because it's been a little quiet. Well, there's really no big races going on for endurance. I mean, uh, we got the 24 hours Daytona coming up, right? This weekend yeah. for global endurance. And we just, we had a team run the 24 hours of Le Mans. It's not the same. No, it's it doesn't not. have the same branding. It's just there's not the no. build up. No, it's not. I racing needs to sort that the hell out. Yeah, they really do. Need or to. I mean, majors has got it under control. Well, they got Le Mans. Yeah, yeah, definitely they got that under control. So, Le Mans. Le, Le Mans. And um, Le Mans. Le Mans. <laughs> so Le Mans. You know, yeah. Uh, once Daytona rolls around, I'm sure. We'll be a beehive activity again, right? Oh, we will. Oh, yeah. yeah. I say so. before, I say even just petite. Just once things just start That's cooling right. off. Have that. I do love petite. Yep. I do love petite. Me See, too. I'm not here for that race, so I'll, I'll miss that one. Eldora? Too. Uh, that's in October, right? So that's uh, Dirt Week up in uh, Oswego, uh, New yes. York. So. Yeah. yeah, I know yeah. you go dirt racing. Yeah, all the big end of the year races we lose you. are now. Yeah, so um, I thought you were going well, to come I mean, to Eldora, too. <laughs> I, we need to. We keep, we definitely need to. We need to see what that's about. That's, that's um, good. I mean, your Daytona enthusiasm and history is is one particular reason why I was very excited for the real Rolex Twenty Four. You impulsively sent it, and and came to the race in person and and stayed with us because I was so eager to watch you watch the race. <laughs> really. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to watch. I feel awkward now. Call Tyler the cucks cuck. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to sit in the corner. I wanted to sit in the corner while you were at the horseshoe, and watch you watch the race. (laughs) He's probably snapping pictures and stuff. I still well, have him pictures. and Bradley. They had a voyeur thing. We were at freaking Nashville. Every time I turned around, Bradley showed me a picture he took me when I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that actually. <laughs> I, know, I thought somebody was in my room in the, the dark be, web. Be, uh, bed, bed and breakfast. No, yep. Airbnb. Uh, yeah. Onlyfans.com forward slash Bobby G. Bobby G money. Bobby G money. <laughs> nice. Oh, you know, it, it just, it, it was kind of cool on iRacing just to, through a mutual friend you know that knew you guys uh was racing with you guys uh, i was following him actually and that's how i ran into you and watched you guys race so i was a little voyeuristic myself check these guys out damn right yeah and um you know i just kind of saw that like enthusiasm for the you know the endurance racing and how would you say it just felt like I could contribute to that, you know, I mean, help this grow and I've enjoyed it ever since. It's been great. Yeah. Tyler hasn't done any live commentating since then. Remember back then we were first doing the streams. 
Yeah. And you would like sit there while I was on stream and like talk, narrate yep. while people were driving. Right. I liked it. Yeah, it was pretty you cool. Liked it? <laughs> I did. You yeah. want me to narrate your life like the Truman Show? Yes. Or like that Will Ferrell movie, Stranger Than Fiction. Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah. That's a deep reference. Yeah. Yeah. So about five people. Same as Westworld last week. Yeah. Right. So about five people are direct with us. <laughs> so 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 to flip that, I get you guys to come to Watkins Glen, right? First mm-hmm. time you've ever been there. Now I'm watching you guys watch the race. <laughs> were you half staff or full staff? Oh, it's full staff because you guys were like full staff. This is great. It's like oh, yeah. it's like bringing my boys to you know their first uh, their first hey first race. <laughs> you can watch if you want, sir. <laughs> it's like buying your son's first hooker. Yeah, <laughs> we're not yeah. national. So take a take a peek. <laughs> what well, I. I <laughs> I don't know. I saw some things going on with the shadows and the light in that tent, and I'm like, oh, I'm like honey, honey, don't look out there. Oh, <laughs> Tell my wife, just don't, don't look. I don't know what's going on uh, in there. <laughs> once we figured out how to set that thing up, Jesus. <laughs> and then we decided we want to camp everywhere all the time. Yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. Rose. I can only imagine. It was it was not pretty, Rob. It was not pretty. <laughs> oh, whatever. Camping those camping like. <laughs> Just yeah. to be at the track and like not have to go back and forth from a hotel. Like I just love camping in general. I can only imagine doing it at a racetrack. Wow! So you've when never stayed at a track, Rob? Nope. Wow! It's yes. We thought that Rob was coming to Petit Le Mans was might camp there, but Nashville I think broke the bank. Yeah, Nashville and then there's Daytona plus some planning the wedding. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So there's always a chance that I make it, but yeah, I'd love. Oh, that's the kind of place do? where I'd like to camp. Are we petite? Yeah, petite's definitely like that's that's prime camping because it's such a dirty walk everywhere. Like it's awful. Yeah, it's a hill. Everything's a hill. Doesn't matter which direction you go to. It's like so. It's to have something where you could actually just sit and chill for a few hours and not just burn yourself out walking for ten hours would be awesome. So, so obviously you'd, you've teased it. We've mentioned Mrs. Rob a few times on the show over a hundred episodes. We met her at Daytona. Nice lady. Very nice lady. Uh, the the wedding between Rob and Mrs. Rob is in the Dominican, right? Or Mexico, one of the two. Or Mexico. Okay, yes, that's right. We will be there, presumably. Passport spending. <laughs> Are we going to tape an end of the apex? No. Well, there you go. No. <laughs> I won't be in any that- condition for that. I'll be a blubbering, say, stumbling mess for a week. That's how you know that it's true love. If Mrs. Rob permits, permits an episode recording. Yeah, no, that won't happen there. Yeah, okay. No microphones. No. Copy. No cameras. Yeah, no cameras. Definitely no cameras. No cameras. No microphones. Oh, there'll be cameras. Oh, you won't know that they were installed, but they'll be installed. I mean, you don't know that there's a camera with you right now. <laughs> as he looks around on his camera that he set up. Oh boy. Oh boy. But yeah, oh boy. no. So there won't be any of that. Um, yeah. One yeah. <laughs> hundred. <laughs> what are your thoughts rob One hundred. you've been here since the beginning you're the og i really didn't think it would last this long i thought we'd get you bored rat bastard no i just thought we'd get bored or something you son of a bitch you know what i mean or like we'd get like yeah. dissuade from that's what i was saying earlier i was like i was always surprised that like whenever we would see like these low single or just double digit numbers on listens that we weren't absolutely dissuaded to be like why are we scheduling our time off every week and doing this and paying for the the software and whatnot like 
that, that's what I always thought. Yeah. So, but yeah. again, just never happened. It just never it, felt yeah, like undeterred from doing another one. No, yeah, and it, and it's obviously we're. I mean, it's grown since then and blown up a yeah, bit. We got a couple million listeners now. Something? Yeah, a couple million. A couple million, something like it, that. It's it's healthy. It's healthy. No, that's good. That. It's worth it. It's worth it. Um, so really, yeah, as we as we close out one hundred, really just doing what we always do with with a few of our favorite people to do it with. That's weird. That's but yeah. isn't it always? Yeah. Uh, the I mean, the goal with this show, hundred episodes in, the goal is the, our goal has always been to not have a stuffy, super scripted, kind of program. And I think we've continued to do that and and settled into that. And I think the people that are here with us that are a part of it, that listen when they can every week, whatever it might be, it's how you digest your podcasts. Uh, understand what it is and like it for what it is. And it's not going to change. We're going to continue to say fuck every now and then. Ooh. And some weird stuff. Yeah. There'll always be some we weird got, shit. There's always, always yeah, some always. weird stuff. We yeah. got somebody tweeted us that we said fuck too much. And that it took it dumbed us down. I'm like, well fuck you. Yeah. Like, and if you're still listening, obviously you like something. So so yeah, we're not gonna change that. Because have you for for Christ's sake, have you ever been in, in an iRacing lobby? People say sick stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is the least of your There's only one thing we're gonna tone it down for. Money. <laughs> I think that's a good note. Even then, to, uh, as we close, here we go. <laughs> We're, Rob, what does Rob say? Whoever sticks the dollar bills in our panties. There you go. That's what Rob always yeah. says. Uh, no, I mean seriously, our supporters, our sponsors, and sponsorship and supporters have been with us pretty solidly, and um, the following and the, and the travel. I mean, all the guests, all the people that have come on and stayed in touch and come on again and again. I mean, holy hell! I mean, I mean, what a thing. In two years. So is this like a podcast uh, the about we've nothing? met at the track. Yeah. Right? It's like, it's like a podcast Seinfeld. about nothing. It's a podcast about nothing. A sim racing podcast about nothing. Yeah. Sometimes that's that's true. Sometimes we talk about God knows what. But we're here. <laughs> Doing it. 100 episodes. <sighs> How awesome. Yeah. Bruce? Yeah. Glad to have you back. Oh, it's nice to be back. <laughs> Rob, thanks for uh, staying on the horse. Yeehaw. Everybody, on the one last cheers. One last cheers. One last episodes, cheers. Everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a little bit less 100 than 100 episodes <laughs> of Into the Apex. Almost two years exactly from the time we started this whole thing. And next week, we'll be back with 101. Bradley will nice. be checking in from uh, his experiences at Virginia International Raceway for IMSA. And the, and the ride will continue in that graveyard of motorsport and sim racing podcasts. We're still here. <laughs> <laughs> we're still alive uh, still so kicking we'll see you next week 100's in the books folks spin into the apex you've been listening to into the apex from Mad Jim Racing Media check out the show's upcoming road trips and join the community at intotheapex.com 